So this is um, maybe the Delta Green scenario uh, workshop or case officers workshop or something. And um, and it's Saturday night, so we're all a little punchy. So um, You're going to get the best answers. So, yeah, <laughs> so we'll see. All um, of our filters are off. You're going to hear things uh, you probably shouldn't. Yeah. So any of alcohol. Let's make let's spice things up. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I'm Shane Ivey. I'm with uh, Greg Stolte. Greg, say hello. Hello, I'm that, Greg Stolte. That's Greg Stolte. The melodious tones of Greg Stolte. And uh, Scott Glancy is the one who just spoke. So I'm, the, I'm the loud one. There we go. And uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to come. Greg Stolte. Get a little confused. <laughs> Keep giving the answer, Wes. So how are we, uh, how are we organizing this, this uh, seminar? This seminar is is radically disorganized. Um, what nice. I what I figured would be would be fun and interesting is um, maybe to treat it like an actual workshop and encourage the uh, encourage our friends who are here in the room with us to uh, you know talk about what are some of their favorite things that they've done and least favorite things that they've done or seen or whatnot in. Delta Green, particularly, or sort of Cthulhu Mythos games more in general, and we can kind of compare notes. And um, we probably, this being Gen Con, I kind of figure the people that have taken time out of having dinner on Saturday night to come sit in the room here are probably the, you know, they're probably the the heavy users, you know, yeah. who, who've gone way beyond just the, the uh, just core, way beyond just uh, not, occasionally sniffing. Not so, just, yeah, not casual use at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, so so it's it's that's probably going to be more productive than so, just so the three of us. So we're talking about uh, sort of like uh, favorite least favorite things about like uh, uh, methods of plotting. Like what 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 is uh, in my mind? Yeah. And 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 let me preface this: so I'm not I'm not saying. You know, I want to lay down any kind of strictures at all because you know I, I didn't put any planning into this. So well, yeah, and I? he's very tired. So, um, but I guess what I kind of have in mind is maybe you know if we could maybe get to a point on things where we're sort of sort of seeing the context of like you know what things have worked great in play where your players responded to it with you know assuming that we're all kind of more or less going for a sense of the player sort of imagining this horrible terror that the character is facing and feeling that little momentary identification with it so that you feel the 1% of that sensation that the character's feeling. Like, that, to me, that's the great part of this kind of gaming. So um, It's the contact eye. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that, that's what low. I kind of like the idea of, is, is, is seeing sort of how you, how, you know, what are the, how to get there. And also designing, you know, crafting scenarios in general, you know. So pros, pros and cons. So I'll say, before we get into that, I'll, I guess I'll say, like, the with the role-playing game that we're doing now, um, which goes to Kickstarter in September, this being the year uh, 2015, is... Way to, uh, way to pin us down. Is it's, it's it's pinned at this point, baby. So the, uh, um, but the uh, w with the role playing game, there's a couple of things that sort of inform how to craft scenarios for Delta Green under under this game, um, and the sort of one of the big key things is just the the way that we've presented the rules and the core rules on using skills, you know, and use or stats if you need to use if a stat if a skill doesn't apply, which is to say. We're really, really encouraging um, 
encouraging game masters to go pretty much diceless on the investigative side of things um, until you're in a situation where crazy randomness actually applies, right? If you're just sort of investigating and you're poking around and what really ought to matter is how good are you at this kind of poking around, you generally don't need the dice to do that. And it's a bad idea to bring the dice in because as we've all learned over the years, you know, that tends to result in occasionally the dice don't work in your favor. And if that means, you know, roll the spot hidden in order for, to proceed to the next chapter and then the spot hidden fails, the suddenly you have, to problem. Yeah, you have to start improvising. So let's just take the rolling out of that so that when you're rolling dice, everybody knows that means you're either in some kind of a crisis where yeah, things pressure. are really yeah where things are really unpredictable or there's some other ramifications at play and you can't really predict what the results are going to be so that's that's something that's basically built into like page 2 of the rule book right and so that'll inform that that's informing how we're crafting the scenarios that we're putting together now um, for the role playing game Right, so I'm going back through as as editor, going back through scenarios that you know that Dennis wrote under previous versions of the role playing game, where this 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 sort of approach or insight, if it's good enough to call it an insight, is was a little less well defined and and sort of a, and, and kind of tweaking things because all of us who have been writing Call of Cthulhu adventures for a long time have a tendency to shorthand it to make a spot hidden roll as opposed to use your spot hidden without rolling. Right? Whereas uh, I... There's I, a few skills that have, that have fallen into the just look at your skill. One of them is languages. Yeah. Like yeah. A lot of people short... <clears throat> have you got 40% in that language? Okay, you're fluent and your accent is shit. Yeah, because rolling every time you have you speak. Yeah, yeah. And and that's another point is is a lot of this what we're doing at the, with like that rules set, you know, that I'm talking about is kind of um, um, is kind of codifying, I don't know codifying, but but sort of elucidating habits that a lot of us have tended to develop over the years yeah, the house that are not in the dang the book. The game as she is written and the game as she is played. Yeah, yeah. So I so the the goal with the new Delta Green rules has been to present that approach to gaming, to, to Cthulhu Mythos gaming especially, that we've sort of evolved over the years and that works really well, particularly for Delta Green, but I think you can probably apply it in, in other parts of the genre, but in a way that's right there on the page. So even if you don't have the good fortune of having played Call of Cthulhu for 30 of your 45 years or whatever, you can still figure out how to do it. Whereas the approach I took, and I may, if, if you tell me I have to go back and change this, I will, but I think it's still functional and kind of in the same uh, district, is that I, you, as I was working on a, a set of scenarios for this, I always had it in my head that, you know, the point of Cthulhu gaming is not that they are, is to assume that the characters are not going to make the smart choice of, well, I. As soon as I see this terrible thing, I'm going to be, I'm going to back off and go put my head under the covers. Uh, but that characters are fated to have an encounter. If you start playing, uh, you know, say the the scenario Blacksat, you are fated to go up in the space shuttle and see the horrible thing, and that 
what I did with uh, you know roles in that is that okay you know the roles only determine you know you, you're inescapably going to have the climactic experience. The roles can help you determine whether you are prepared for it, whether you come into it knowing what you're going to see, and you know then maybe a little better able to digest it, uh, or whether it's just going to be okay. Uh, you know, you go in, you have, you succeeded a bunch of roles, and you know, attempt things wisely and are are engaging with the plot and uh, you know, pushing things forward. And you show up there with you know, okay, I know what's what they're trying to do. I know how I can maybe stop them. I have you know prepared that. Whereas if you either fail all your roles or don't attempt a bunch of roles. You're going to show up at the climax and just get hit like a ball bat because you don't know where you what what's even going on. Yeah, in the in 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 the rules that whole because we've been batting that around for ages and ages and ages. So that 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 approach is going to be in like the case officers chapters of running the game as an element of scenario design, not as like a core part of okay. the core mechanics, right? Because the um, what, what you're talking about there is sort of setting the stakes and setting the consequences yeah, for well, different and, parts and of, of the actions. I like I like randomness because it gives texture and because it provides engagement. And you know when those dice hit the table and you see the ninety nine and you you know decide that okay, this clearly harmless person, you know the GM has just told me that I have scanned her as being a deadly. Threat. Oh my God! Charlie Chaplin's a cultist. <laughs> the classic example. Yeah, yeah. I, I was very happy. And again, we think back to Stoltz's performance during um, Well of Sacrifice, where having completely flubbed, double lauded his occult role, he proceeds to give the other player characters bad <laughs> occult information that gets them killed in the scenario. And I'm like, that's. That's exactly the way that's supposed to happen, kids. And you can admire all of us for having been good enough sports to play, <laughs> to play right along. Oh, yeah. Ne- you never would have done so if it hadn't explained every single piece of evidence. Mm-hmm. That, that, I, I, They're I, vampires. I that. We need silver and steaks and we're, garlic. We're going to be fine if we have garlic. You with saw that, giant bats. that box of coffee go? Box of coffee I sent it over there so it wouldn't block the mic. Come on, priority people. <laughs> Thank you. You can just sit with it in your lap. How will I'll, that be? I'll, I'll, I'll get there in a minute. <laughs> um, plotting is... I, I know, it's funny. Plotting for me in scenarios is, has... I don't think I've married it to mechanics. Uh, or the way you guys have... You seem to have a, have a, a through line so that part of the plotting of, of, of a scenario has to do with the mechanics of the game that you're, you're dealing with. And I haven't really considered that before. Um, I, uh, I tend to plot stuff as protagonist list events where I figure what the villains are up to, the villains have a plan, um, then I sort of figure out, well, <clears throat> where does the plan leak, where does it have a hole in it that will be allow the ingress of, 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 of the mm-hmm. yet-to-be-named uh, mm-hmm. protagonists and... Um, you know, figure out where those two things are going to intersect. Yeah, no, that's, I mean that's that's exactly my approach too. So what we've been talking about is sort of the next the next layer down of the design process, okay. right? And because what you're, what it sounds like you're talking about is sort of the the, the big picture, the bug. like this, yeah, the structure, right, of what's actually going on before the players get in. So 
the rules of how the, the skills work and mm-hmm. when dice are necessary or when they're appropriate and what it means when you use them, that, that comes into play when the investigators make contact with that. Well, the well, muscles. Certainly, um, there you go. when it comes to the problem that the classic, you know, you missed your spot, hit and roll, the scenario now grants a halt. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I always do with that is uh, it's always backed up by multiple ways into the plot. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there's always, you don't have to see every clue in the room to, to they don't always have to see every clue in the room to move in the right direction uh, to, to fix the problem. Um, certainly that one of the things about clue collection, which is sort of problematic with modern writing, is that um, uh, cops today are so good at it. Um, when you're writing classic or call Cthulhu, uh, there's no training, there's no standards, there's, you know, there's, well, he's Billy Joe's cousin, so he's the deputy sheriff, you know, and that's the end of the training, is that he fit the uniform, and um, he could shoot things. Uh, I mean, he, even in the 80s, in raising Arizona, we knew to look for microbes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, now it's uh, it's tough for the cops to miss things. When I write things that are for modern, the cops have to miss things that are supernatural clues. They have to miss the, pe- the preternatural stuff mm-hmm. that does not mm-hmm. fit into the standard evidence collection. Otherwise, yeah. they'd have solved it already. Well, they're they're the guys who would have followed the trail of clues to the to the answer, uh, yeah. except that this doesn't make sense, so they throw it out. Yeah, it, I mean, well, that this, was this the, doesn't uh, make sense, so therefore it's not going to be... Um, it's not going to be. It's not going to have evidentiary value, so it yep. doesn't apply to my situation right now. Yeah. What I'm, I'm, I'm pointing my pencil at Steve Dempsey because this afternoon, the the game I ran, I'm like, you know, the cops did everything right. The Nebraska Police Department was on this kidnapping case like ants on a dropped donut immediately, and so every time the FBI investigators are like, well, you know. What about this? I'm like, oh yeah, the, the cops did that already. Here's their results. Mm-hmm. They could, they created their role. Here you go. They yes, they've interviewed uh, the the potential witness. Here's what that was about. Yes, they've interviewed the dad. Yes, they. So all all the distressing. <laughs> wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been great if it had just been that they overlooked something? But no. And because the police had already done all the mundane uh, cop show stuff, the FBI agents were left with, wow, well, we're just going to have to chase these really weird, don't add up, you know, photographic errors? What the shit? Which allows you in gaming to sort of take, if you want to run an adventure that where the players don't spend an hour or two yes. chasing down those clues yes. and getting lost on bunny trails. That's a great way to, you know, in a modern day game, if with a Delta Green game, there's a lot of scenarios where it starts off with some horrible, horrible thing happening and the local cops are like, what in the world? And then the FBI says the same thing until your characters get there. So so that's a great, a great trick to sort of... Um, Feed the players the information that you want them to have before they start making decisions that are going to. It does, it does create an info dump at the beginning, which is fine, um, but that's how you know the the next agency into the problem mm-hmm. enters the problem. They get an info dump from the first agency yeah. that did the ground the footwork. You know, uh, and, and that, you know that's that's a, that's a great point. The info dump, and I think that's an interesting challenge that you have to address in a lot of scenarios. Um, I mean, I find myself really frequently when I'm putting things together, trying to figure out how to spread that out from different sources, how so that it comes in, release. yeah, so that it comes in generally, so that it can, or even better, so that it's available 
in part as uh, or as a result of the players asking questions, even if I make sure that they ask them, you know, if they're like the most obvious questions in the world, if at least a player asks the question, you respond to them, you give them the Pavlovian, you know, uh, uh, satisfaction. Good job with mine. the food bar. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but that, but to, you know, that, that's an approach I often take with the info dump is try to figure out ways to sort of, to sort of spread it out. Without it, without it, then turning back into, let's spend five hours, you know, in doing well, the preliminary inva- investigation without actually getting to the to the uh, the gristle. Are we at the gristle for your metaphor? <laughs> yes, um, the digestive microbes. So, well, part and part of the uh, the hyper efficient police scientific policing of today, uh, you know, you can make those two problems. Your problem is that uh, policing is super efficient and they will find the clues and your problem is you get too much information too fast but you can really set those problems at loggerheads because while you know dna analysis and fiber and getting uh, didn't we just determine that fiber turned out to be bullshit <laughs> did we well there's a, there's at, a scandal. At, least, at least the way the fbi does it yeah Apparently, yes. And by the way, let's make sure we all let our players enjoy that when they're playing their FBI agents collecting their awesome evidence in the field. It turns out all those clues that you got from uh, that were leading you to the cultists were bullshit. Yeah. But what I was going to say is that most of the time there is a pretty meaningful lag. So if hmm. I know that the clue that is going to set them on to, you know, Glancy did it is that his hair is that they find his hair. It's like, okay. You found some hair stuck on the end of the hammer. Yeah, that, that DNA um, test doesn't come back tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be a while, even if it's a rush job, and it's going to have to grind through the uh, the, pay, the. Oh my God, the rape kits that pile up and yes. get tested, and all that horrible shit that happens in real life. You know. Yes. Um, yes. And we, so I, when, I, I when they are, I checked the mark there. You can tell that we processed it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh. so with that, you know, you can. You know, like, okay, yeah, they will get that clue when I'm ready for them to have it. And so, you know, the offstage bureaucratic machinations and necessary, you know, developing of agar plates and such, you know, that's like, okay, now that you've seen all this other stuff, oh, hey, look, the uh, the judge approved your uh, your search warrant request to go into that house that previously they had you locked out of. And, oh, look. You know, the, the DNA test came back, and, uh, you know, it looks like Scott's the father. And, Damn it. <laughs> and, oh, look, okay, so the, the, the evidence test techs have finally gotten those fingerprints run through all the different databases and, uh, you know, have have got a hit. So one thing that they always got really well on, uh, got really right on, on uh, True Detective is how long everything took. Mm-hmm. Nothing, was, nothing was done in an hour on... You know, a law and order where it's zip forward. And there's no real sense of time because they've cut out any scene that isn't. And then a clue is developed, and a clue is developed, and a clue is developed. You know, um, they didn't even bother to con- try to convey that what you're seeing is actually snippets that took 18 months to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just you, by manipulating the reality of of, of uh, modern forensics and modern evidence collection. You can spread it out. You can spread the info dump out. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, if it's where the players are actually on the tip of the spear, uh, you know, picking up the clues or being there on the spot to be the guy who 
sees the symbol carved in the tree outside the, you know, the, the red dragon thing, you know, mm-hmm. the, the symbols carved in the tree where the guy's been idly whittling away while spying on the family, you know. Uh, it's much cooler if the players find that than if it's in a report that, you know, some... Uh, or, or if it's in a report, it's a report where it was just sort of buried so a player can find it and then read it not expecting there to be, you know... Yeah. Like, that's in a handout that the player was reading for some other purpose entirely, and then, then they can put two and two together. But, again, you're talking about building redundancy to the to access to the to the clues into your thing. So whatever clue that's pointing them towards, you then also want to make sure that it's available through some other means if the, yeah. if the players go totally um, in, in another In case they decide Charlie Chaplin is a cultist. Well, yeah, so you've got clue cascades, and what you can do with that, too, is that even if they're running in circles and you, you know, kind of retreading old ground, that still can look like process and you can progress and you can still present it as such because it's like, okay, now you've confirmed that these two elements are connected. You've confirmed that the two suspects knew each other and had traveled together, even though, you know, what's all that's really happened is that you've come to one suspect through method one and suspect two through method two, and then you went on and, oh, hey, look, I could have gotten to suspect two through suspect one, but in, instead of going there directly. But not to mention that we're, we're speaking of mechanics. You're not your character, you know. You're just not. Uh, you're a character smarter or even dumber than you. And I've always I enjoyed. Like. I've always enjoyed it when they're when the character's dumber because I've had players come up with a brilliant idea, and I'm like, "You're going to need to make an idea roll for your character <laughs> to be that smart." And you and I said. I'm going to take an eight intelligence so I never make my idea rolls or anything sand checks. <laughs> Guess what? You know, that's going to get, that cuts the other That direction. works out great. <laughs> so when they're doing the investigation and maybe they've hit a wall, um, I want, you know, the, I want uh, our, our case officers, uh, our handlers to be able to go to the, you know, look at the agent sheets and go, um, they haven't asked the question I thought they'd automatically ask. You know, um, why haven't they? It, maybe it's a it's a problem. I wrote it wrong, you know, and I failed to, to, to foreground this thing that I thought was critical, that I thought they were going to write too. Um, so you you need to dip into the uh, into those character sheets and you look at the mechanics of, of okay, can he just come up with the idea with a dice roll? Mm-hmm. Maybe it happens once a day, twice, whatever. I realize you always end up with that moment where or math or fails, or and if you, you want to get a probability to work. Well, that know? was yeah, or, again, or if you want to. Or if, if it's something that's that needs to be front loaded, then you know you don't even need the dice. I mean, much like you're you know saying, the, yeah. the, you have the minimum uh, forensic skill. Right. We're not even gonna, or the minimum spot. And I mean, honestly, there's, I mean, the, the, it, there there are adventures where where you know where I've started to write it, and even writing it with that approach, you know, they need to have a minimum forensic of fifty percent to do blah 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 blah. In actual play, you know. A lot of times, I'm really hungry for them to get that damn clue. So, if somebody has like the forensic of twenty percent, I'll scratch off on my manuscript fifty percent and put you know at all yeah. something just to give just to give some kind of fiction, some kind of justification that they can say, okay, well, I got this because my character's good how, at forensic, not because the game master really wanted me to have a freebie. How do you guys feel about one of my favorite things to have happen is when the player actually says the thing rather than, you know, well, you're rolling your skill or you look at your skill and you find that, you know, the thing take to the bottom of the drawer. They says, I take out the drawers and I look at the bottom of the drawers or something, you know. Sure. Yeah, then yeah. It's yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when, when, I mean, as long as it's not, I, like you said, totally out of character. 
right? Yeah. If 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 you know if, if it's something really Sherlock Holmes sounding and the guy and the the, the player's been playing yeah. a group the whole time, then you know I I don't know. See, I don't, I, in, that, in that case, I, I probably I probably wouldn't. I, I mean, like if that were me, I'd probably still give him the clue, but. I don't know. I don't know. That, that's well, I'd give it to him just thing. because, and this is again, uh, you know, the the smart guy with the dumb player. But it's like, even dumb people can still do smart things. Yeah. Even the so blind pig finds the I think you're right. I probably again. wouldn't worry about it in actual. Uh, or, or if nothing else, I might privately hold a grudge, and the next yeah. monster goes after him first. Well, yeah, <laughs> everyone remembers in masks. There's that uh, the thing in the is it the Penu Foundation where this way into the secret chamber. It's like, well, only if you crit. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a, a spot hidden. Will you notice that the eyes? If you poke the eyes down of a mummy case, it opens the thing, and it's like you know, a one fifth your roll. Great, thanks, author. Right. And I just had some players go, I just pushed the, you know, because he'd seen it in a mummy movie. Mm-hmm. He'd seen it in like I was, I'm the, sure, the same place to tell you. <laughs> yeah, and he just yeah. put, and he goes, and he goes, yeah, the crypt rolls back. Goes, really? It really <laughs> rolls back? I was like, yeah, it, it did. And I was, uh, I love it when sure. that can happen, when the players can take enough uh, initiative. But I don't want, um, I don't want the player to have to rely on being a, on, the, on himself. The, the whole point of a character sheet is that this thing is going to do things that you can't. Well, so if the care if the player is really involved and you know pushing towards you know and looking on the undersides of drawers, that's great because your player is involved, which is what you want. It shows they're they've been sucked in. But if they are not quite as, uh, you know, haven't had as much coffee as Shane and are, uh, you know, are just stuck or just having a slow day, then it helps that, you know, okay, yeah, give me a roll. This afternoon, when the players were, you know, briefly stymied, I'm like, okay, give me criminology rolls, everyone. And, what, you know, whoever got the hit, I'm like, okay, so this is a weird case. But what you're training and ins- what you're training tells you is that okay. The next thing we do is we talk to the friends because you've got you know because you've done hundreds of kidnap cases and uh, you know. Oh God, let's hope not. What is, what is, uh, <laughs> how many kidnappings do we have every day? Is it hundreds? I don't know. So, okay, so Greg, what if none of them had made that roll? What if none of them had made that roll? I don't know, probably would have you know, let, let them flail around a little longer and then had something else bust loose. Or worse, uh, you let them flail around, lose time if it's time critical. And the clue arrives because the, those cops you're talking about keep doing their job. And they get around to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Um, uh, and, and then so the clue shows up late maybe you know critically late for a better resolution but it, it the, the, but there's negative consequences there yeah, right. the negative consequences are now the cops know a little more about what you're doing exactly as opposed to the the, the, the consequence is not oh my god my story stopped right. and i don't know how to get it back on the road and out yes. of the ditch yes. but you know it's it, it will it'll keep moving forward it'll just something terrible extra so, well, so, we're so the answer, a horror game terrible things are going to happen so it's so so the, so the response to that you know that that thing with the mummy and masks as much as we all love masks as all people should all right thinking is uh, you know don't 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 require it to just hinge on somebody making a critical success at a role if, yeah. unless you Unless you just don't want players to experience that. Exactly. The thing is filled with all kinds of gnarly clues and terrible things like statues that blow your sanity out just by mm-hmm. looking at them. Mm-hmm. And is it securely locked away so the players don't hurt themselves? Because I can't believe that's what Nutello had in mind, right. considering that goddamn painting 
as the serpent man has. He, you know, that thing's the that thing's the 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 goblin mouth of you know of uh, uh, from uh, Tomb of Horrors. You know, well, last time I ran it, a player ran up the stairs, pushed past the painter to go get in the closet, locked himself in the closet with the painting because once he's hiding in there, and then he looked at it, yeah. and so it was an empty closet with a painting. Yeah, and he excellent. Painting. Yeah. Did they send some sandwiches through? Did they like leave some sandwiches in the, in the closet with the painting? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was really eager to get his character to but... Aaron. No, it wasn't Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Sean who was playing Cyromaniac. I was saying what everyone was thinking. <laughs> no, it, it was Sean, actually. Um, You know, we've blathered on for a bit, but what about out there? Uh... I, I have one, more, one okay. more thought to look at, which is. Um, so we've been talking mostly about looking at the structures of building scenarios. We've been talking mostly about pointing clues, you know, the breadcrumbs leading the players. And these are mostly investigation the, the horrors, scenarios as opposed right? to some survival horror scenario that we might yeah. throw at them. Or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess the converse of that is, um, for the sake of pacing. Do do you guys pay any attention or put any thought when you're putting scenarios together to installing baffles to sort of slow things down, just in case the players are so on the ball, you know, that they follow point A straight to point A without experimenting with points B and C? Um, I got to tell you, I don't usually, I do not build that stuff in. If the mm-hmm. players are on the ball, hooray. Um I remember a couple of Gen Cons back, you made the complaint about running Delta Green games. Like, these games aren't going very well. The players are super cautious, and none of them are getting killed and, or going insane. And I'm like, that's the... I, we've trained them well. This is the result of playing the game for 10 years. They know, you know, they know better. We fixed that problem in these rules. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, as far as... I, I've never really done that as far as... As far as trying to slow, you know, have a deliberate thing to to, yeah. to, to slow yeah, something down. But I have a need. You need a, a gas pedal a lot more than you need to worry about the brake pedal. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think you're right. And you know, any time I, I handle that, uh, you know, with GMing in that, you know, whenever things seem to be. Oh, that's yeah. That's in the too, moment. Too fast. Not in the yeah, plot, it's not like in you know. Writing, okay, I'm gonna just I'm gonna describe things a little more. I'm going to make something sound important so that they poke that with a stick a few times. Uh, you know, I'm going to give them opportunities to develop character, bicker with one another. You know, the the the, the frosting on the cupcake moments mm-hmm. where you know you you establish character and it's not necessarily driving uh, plot forward at breakneck speed, but it's getting you invested in sort of the mass momentum of the characters doing it. Yeah. And, and another another thing is, um, you know, how, how do you approach it running the game? So this isn't really a scenario design thing as much again as much as just sort of running the things when when the players start to kind of um, settle into the debate, you know, the planning, the, uh, the 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 figuring stuff out back and forth without it without committing to something. Uh, I say, okay, so what are you guys doing? That. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm like, okay, so your position the is universal a, game master prompt. Okay, yeah. what are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, if if you know your theory is A, your theory is B, your theory is C, mm-hmm. what are you eventually gonna settle on? 
And, you know, I make it clear that... How do you test those theories? What are you going to do to... Yeah, you know, I, right? and I make it clear that, you know, okay, if, the, if you have three courses of action that you want to do, the time has come to pick one, which... To start with, you can get to the others, but you got to pick one yeah. right now and move on that. Yeah, and, and it also, I think, reassures players when you are like, okay, I, as the GM, am ready to hear what you're ready to do because that signals to them, Okay, we must have something that's actionable that he knows <laughs> what he can do with. Because if we haven't figured it out, he gave the character a name. It must be important. <laughs> well, you should follow I, him. It, he's not just shopkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Silas Kawane. Yeah. Did Did you guys pick up on the fact that I was not really sure what the uh, kidnap victim's dad did for a living? Yeah. That I was pretty soft on that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Doesn't matter. He <laughs> works. <laughs> He's a manager for a firm that does stuff. Installations <laughs> of things. Yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> the narrative slows down to a slow, literally like a, a tape recorder on a slow. <laughs> so what about the mom's relatives? Are they still in the picture? <gasps> Good question. <laughs> and if you've done that, you now have to maintain that same speed when they ask something pertinent. Oh no! If you if you just throw out the uh, you know the immediate information immediately, they're like, oh, that's the one. He had that one that's, ready to go. Okay, keys to succeeding at playing is if you ask a question and the GM immediately starts turning pages. You're like, bingo, we got Peter right here. <laughs> Unless you do that for every question. Yeah, yeah which you pretty much do. <laughs> that's because I had good answers for every question. They were all relevant. And there were 400 leads as well. <laughs> because I was strewing many breadcrumbs for, for the birds to follow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> leads. So, all right. Um, all right. So let's, uh, wh- what do we think? Some back and forth ideas, some sure. things that have worked for, for you guys? Go ahead. Um, since, you know, I know how to run a double dream game that's set in, like, the old cowboy era. You know, it's an illegal operation. They have limited resources mm-hmm. um, and that kind of thing. But recently I ran a scenario, like, where they were official Delta Green, and so they had the backing of the DHS and all this other stuff. And I, and I know the setting stuff is good, and the book's going to cover that when it comes out. But in general, um, they got into a firefight. Uh, you know, they shot some people in the streets of Seattle, and the Seattle yes, team wasn't happy with them mm-hmm. for, re- for I, I don't know why. Uh, but I, to adjudicate that in the game, I said, well, you, you have to spend the rest of the next day doing paperwork. And trying to placate. There's a there's a shoot committee you're going to go for yeah. in front of, and, and you they won't let you look at a crime scene that you know that you found, but now you you lose that clue or something like that. So sure. that's that's how I rule it. But in general, like how do you for the official degree, what's different? Yeah, a, co- a couple of things to come to welcome mind. Welcome to welcome to the one thing that you're going to miss from the uh, illegal years. It, it's you you are, now have accountability. Yeah. So, I mean, the first the first thing, first thing to me is you're never going to go wrong by assuming that the bureaucracy is there to fuck the players. Okay. The fact that 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 your players may have plenty of contacts, or they may have pull with somebody above who's got all kinds of contacts with 
the Homeland Security or the Department of Defense or whatever, that might all that might mean is your agent on the phone with a case officer saying, what about that, that drone strike you promised me? Okay? That's number one. If, if it's an, if, when the issue is resources and, and the concern is, you know, but golly, there's not going to be any pressure anymore because they're all above board and they have endless, you know, they have the entirety of the United States government at their beck and call. Um, they shouldn't, yeah, right? Because right. even the United States government doesn't, doesn't have, have the whole, yeah, exactly. So right. there's still um, no license to kill. Also, and, and, and number two, um, remember, as soon as they make a call to get somebody else to perform for them, that that every step of that way is another chance for somebody to fuck up and do something wrong. And it's and about that, containment. And for that, and for that, you know, that drone strike to hit the town over there instead of the the, the you know the the farm, the abandoned farm here. Um, and number three, it's about it's about containment. And the purpose of Delta Green is to. Reduce to minimize exposure, right? To 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 the to the horribleness. So the second the players call up and do something that's going to call in resources, I'm not going. I'm not kicking in, in the door on the temple of whatever. Send in the SWAT guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, good. You know, now we have eight crazy, well-armed SWAT guys. Right. And and, the, and so the, they joined the cult. They walked right in the front door, joined the cult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the and and the and and the thing to remember there is. The, the sort of new and improved reactivated official Delta Green still is not all that big, you know? It still works by sending teams of people to deal with things, and that means your player characters. So if they have, you know, if they say, well, geez, we need a SEAL team to come in and help us kick down this door, they're probably not going to get one because everybody, everybody they're, the, wants they're the SEAL team, team yeah. you know? They're busy. So, right. um, yeah, yeah. So, so there's a lot of things going on going on there to sort they're, of they're busy the hunting Osama up. I thought we caught Osama yeah. oh we did now, yes. who's, now who's being naive yeah. <laughs> so, um, wait, what, what, what else were you thinking Ross you had something else you're going to follow that up um, I mean certainly there's no there's no get out of jail free card even in yeah. the official Delta Green yeah. there's no license to kill even in the official Delta Green um, and frankly the official Delta Green, as I wrote up to you, is one of the, you know, the fact that you're operating in the states means you're operating inside the constituencies of people who vote on Defense Department budgets. Right. You, so, they're, so, they're, the, so you whatever. actually cause more, you know, damage to the uh, organization uh, by screwing up in America than you can screwing yeah. up overseas. Every, every, everything that the players do that gets headlines, you know, the, the, the next thing that's going to happen is the people that are responsible for them in, in Delta Green are going to jump through all kinds of hoops to make that headline, you know, um, something that has nothing to do with the unsupernatural. It can't, it can't go away. If, but if that, yeah, it, even if that means uh, rogue FBI agents. Drunk FBI conducting, agents yeah. machine gun downtown right. are severely disciplined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would happen again? So, so nobody has carte blanche, and and the mission is containment and is is obscurement, clandestine, right? Containment. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, it's 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 very much the equivalent of there's 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 all kinds of of you know classified CIA counterterrorism units, right, and different things in Homeland Security and that the FBI runs and and you know that that are op that operate in within the United States. 
some of which are not supposed to operate within the United States according to the old ways of doing things when we gave a shit about that. Um, and if one of them, you know, if one of them pulls up and shoots a couple of people on a motorcycle, um, you know, nobody's going to say, oh, well, it was, it, was, it was the CIA, so that's okay. <laughs> to be fair, people are going to say the CIA, it was the CIA, yeah. but they won't say it was okay. Right. So, um, so yeah, so you're, so, yeah, so that, I mean, this is certainly stuff that we're writing in the book, but, yeah. but, um, you know, like I said, the, the, be, be, as a, as a game master, I firmly recommend be really, like, gleefully ruthless with the consequences that decision. Yeah, be, I mean, be, it's... In, be, like, maliciously inventive with the negative consequences that fall on players who try to even use some kind of authority, let alone abuse it. And I think of, you know, the ways, the traditional ways to be done with, for your Delta Green character to become useless are go crazy, get hurt too bad, uh, you know, disappear into wherever. Um, and I think being official adds a new one, which is just that, you know, your career's ruined. That's, that was, again, I keep going back to the playtest today. It went so well. One of the characters, you know, didn't go crazy, didn't get hurt at all, but she's never going to be out of jail again. Yep. And an- another, another issue is, um, you know, be, be careful what you're, how you're thinking about it. You know, when you think about official Delta Green, don't fall into the trap of thinking that means your agents are agents of Delta Green with little ID cards that say Delta right. Green on them. Please, Delta Green. Talk to, yeah, <laughs> you know, because that's not how it works. I mean, Delta Green is, uh, uh, you know, it's a project, right? It's a security it's, it's classification. A, yeah, it's a classification that, that, that's, that's applied to a lot of different task forces that are created under the aegis of this project and the aegis of this classification. I didn't want there to be and ID cards. So that means that <laughs> your FBI agents are coming in not as... I'm with Delta Green, but as an FBI you're, agent that's on this particular assignment. You're Delta. You're an FBI agent who has Delta Green clearance, which means you are written onto uh, the so-called Delta Green Special Access Program, a top-secret program that even if you have top-secret clearance, you can't see. The president can't see it unless he's been written onto the program and has access to it. So, no, that's that, that's uh, maybe, pretty standard. Maybe even not even Barbara Boxer. Yeah. Um, you think? I don't know. She's pretty snuggly with the NSA. Mm-hmm. Well, um, see, I just I wanted there to be some some kind of paper trail, just so that uh, you know when they come across. I, I just want the idea. I'm, I'm enamored of the idea of uh, you know. Okay, we've we've gone through the lab and you know shot these scientists, and they were creating. They were illegally hybridizing human DNA with God knows what, and we killed the monster. And, you know, and then you find these guys all have the same clearance as we did. This, <laughs> look, he's got one of the, he's got the same card they gave me. He, this this was a Delta Green project that we just killed because Delta Green told us to kill this project. Well, mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I will point out that when, if that's the assignment, um, that's not the sort of thing that uh, is ever going to get reported. It's going to be the kind of thing where it's the, you know, 
Um, everyone's everyone's going into the big, you know, plastic drum of acid like everybody on fucking <laughs> Breaking Bad. Just everyone goes into the drum of acid, and that's the it's, last we hear of Mike Ermintrot or whoever's been, you know, yeah. gunned down accidentally this week. And um, see Daisy, it's the, your it's you know, your week in the vat. Yeah, um, it's yeah. gonna it's gonna if, be if you, if you borrow about equally from Breaking Bad as from True Detective, you're gonna be in the, going in the right direction. Yeah. You'll be in the right places. Yeah. Breaking detectives. <laughs> uh, so we've got two questions. Who's going first? I was just curious. So Delta Green would order a uh, somebody in Delta Green might order a hit on a Delta Green agent at some point, and your agent might not even know that that, that happened in the cowboy era. Right. Huh. So we're pretty sure that so and so has gone around the bend and is hunting uh, stewardesses. Yeah, he won't. Uh, he won't come in and uh, you know report to that one special VA hospital where they've got an arrangement to make people you know sit out the rest of their life on a diet of Thorazine. Um, so I, you know, we we're pretty sure he's a serial killer now. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like ninety eight percent. I mean, that, that, that's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the body. Well, you know, the 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 we we were playing in the last equation the other day, oh, you yeah. know, and <laughs> and uh, you know, the uh, uh, order might come down. You need to kill that person, right? And um, some, dead, sometimes, you're sometimes, now, sometimes the players by role playing characters that are human beings might bucket that. Well, that's one of the things I want to emphasize they should. With, with the uh, official Delta Green is that there's going to be all because they have. Uh, a command structure, and because they have a communication structure that is secure in a way that the Cowboys never had, and one that moves quickly, um, you're going to, you know, you, the, the, those, the, the, there's more, uh, the old Cowboy cells were sort of very independent. You're going to handle the problem however best you can handle it because you don't have any support, because you don't have any backup. Um, there's no one to call on. You handled it however you can handle it, and it was done. Um, in the more official version of what we call the program, um, there's going to be a lot of top-down management because they can talk to you. They're going to talk to you. And you're going to be trying to get the job done, and you're going to be going, uh, that, that thing you're going to burn, don't burn it. Put it in the package, and we'll have somebody come in a van with no windows and pick it up. You can't you know? just kill her. She's a math teacher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're going to have interference. Uh, uh, from the top, Which would and have made Deca happier man. <laughs> and it's going to result in things where, uh, if the players decide just to be good Germans and follow orders uh, at every step of the way, um, it's going to make for very bad role playing because you're just going to keep doing what they're doing. You're going to be just part of the program uh, until perhaps you are used up. Or graduate to a level where, or even if it's good role playing, it may be characters that are that are losing a lot more sanity than they would otherwise. Well, and, and uh, the way I I envision the program and the way I would use the program is, you know, that they are the ones who are foolishly trying to make some kind of profit or. Uh, you know, <laughs> just because can, everybody else blows themselves up with this stuff doesn't mean we're idiots, right? Yes. We're gonna we're smarter. You know, we're the smartest guys in the room. We can weaponize this or monetize this or something. Uh, we can we can use the devil's tools to break down the devil's house. It's mm-hmm. going to be great. Yes, yeah. but but again, the 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 key the key to me is at all those points as a game master is to remember that you're talking about. You're talking about bureaucracy. You're talking about institutions that are composed of human individual people. And individual people 
do dumb things. And even really smart individual people do things for bad reasons. So the uh, as a game master, think of the sort of the fact that if, the, if you're playing the official group and the agents have contact with people above them and they have access to somebody above them that might want them to finish this so they'll get send in another whatever. Um, make sure that you're using that as another resource in ways of persecuting and punishing your players. Okay? Yeah, I mean, because I... you've got, and the shape that needs to take is you've got human beings dealing with you. You know, it's not a perfect bureaucracy in the perfect bureaucracy of, of um, you know, people, a lot of these LBJ's dreams or something like that. It's the real bureaucracy where people make dumbass decisions, and very occasionally it works, but 98% of the time it doesn't. Um, what I w- the, the way I always envision project games going is that it starts out great that you've got all these shiny toys and backup and the bot. And a boss figure who's telling you what to do, but the boss figure, you know, gives you orders that, as a Delta Green player, you are gonna not like. It's like, no, don't burn that book. Send me the book. Mm-hmm. We have experts, top men. Mm-hmm. No, don't they're, you take they're, her. They're, they're great. They're from Canada. Take, yeah. take, yep. Do whatever you can to take the sorcerer alive. I mean, the terrorist. Right. Capture the t- terrorist alive. We don't, because we, we, don't, we don't use the term sorcerer here. What is that? that sounds very superstitious. Yeah. You know, we, say, we, we prefer we, a mathematician. <laughs> yeah, take the mathematician alive, and, you know, if you if you I obey... The, if yeah. you obey those orders, it's like, I'm sorry, man, the, the book, you know, the book just fell in the fire. Um, you know, we lost the book somehow. Yeah. Uh, you know, or they were they were going to get away with it, so we had to destroy it to deny it. To that's the what that's what the mm. the, the AT four missile was for, yeah. or the uh, you know oh, we couldn't capture the the mathematician alive. He he hanged himself in his cell, and but it, but if you don't do that, if you're like okay, boss, I captured the book, I'm, I'm leaning in from my head pat. There's the stuff. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I, I brought you I brought you the mathematician leaning in within like. Three or four scenarios, it's going to be okay. You were, yeah. you've worked with the mathematician before. He's become a confidential asset. asset. Yeah, we take him to this hill. You've seen this book before. The confidential asset says you should not read it. Just hand it over to him. You're not ready for it, and he is. Please do not look inside the duffel bag or listen to any of the yeah. pleading coming from inside the duffel I think, bag. I think, yeah, I think <laughs> the, the, the sort of broad idea is that the that the um, you know. In that scheme, right? If the players do what they're supposed to do, then um, then or do do what they're told to do, then they're sort of tying up and gift wrapping for you future scenarios for them. Yeah, to I want to point out just what and you said. They don't do what they're, they're handing su- up and, and, and gift wrapping for you tools with which you can mess with them and challenge them next time. You just said, do what you're supposed to do, and and then you sort of correct yourself to do yeah. what you're told to do. And I want to point out that's pretty much. The dichotomy yeah. between the cowboys yeah. and the program is uh, is that there's one group that wants you to do what you're supposed to do, and the other group wants you to do what you're told to do. And neither one of them really knows what the hell they're doing. No. <laughs> and at some point, you end up in the Key and P sketch. Peel and uh, is it Keel Key and P? Key and Peel. Key and Peel who did Keel the. Or I'm thinking of so I'm thinking of a different set of comedians would be. Are we the baddies? Oh yeah, Mitchell and Webb. Mitchell and Webb. There it is, Mitchell and Webb. Are we the baddies? Yeah, and, yeah. 
There's skulls on our uniform. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise there will be no skulls on your Delta Green uniforms. <laughs> They may so, be skull fragments. Yeah, and at some point, <laughs> I, guess, I guess my last. They will yeah, not actually be. My, my last thought on they will be decorative on uh, on on sort of getting on, on players that want to get a little too assertive with calling in resources and being gung ho and whatever is well, um, I mean, is remember well, if you're doing stuff in the United States, all of that stuff that has collateral damage that players at convention games especially think is so hilarious in long term <laughs> games, you know. What, what the United States news media would love, like with a raging erection more than anything else, is giant fireballs caused by federal agents. If, if, going yes, if crazy. Michael Bay could be happening in real life, yes. that's all we're going to be seeing yeah. on the news. So, so, yeah, so make sure that, make sure that at some point your players, you know, if they, if they sort of slip and provide some, something that could conceivably leave other, lead other investigators, to them, make it happen, and have fun with it. Chris, who's in the back? Um, this might be an obvious specific question. Um, okay, so you mentioned that the, the, the SAP is going to function as an add-on, essentially, to but for players that are already FBI agents. Yes. Um, um, okay, so, so regular Delta Green, Cowboy, and presumably also the Special Access Program, the, the normative way that you start an investigation is that there's some sort of crime happening. There's something that is grabbing the attention of law enforcement in some way, right? Well, or it's grabbed the attention of the people in your, either in your illegal conspiracy or in the program uh, that has gained their attention. Yeah, yeah sure, it so, could be a so, crime. So that, that's specifically my question. Like, what, how, in terms of the Special Access Program, is it, it's going to feel different from the Cowboys? Um, probably won't feel a whole lot different uh, for the insertion because it could be that you know oh we've got uh, you know we've got an algorithm that searches images on the internet and we found and here's this this glyph which one of our experts has you know he cries and shies away whenever we show him a picture of it so we're pretty sure it's something bad and so you're gonna go the bad news it's it's like that Nazi. Uh, SS simply the swastika in the in the forest. Remember that? Yeah. Where it's the tree, the two different types of trees. Are, that's the sigil. We saw it from orbit. We think maybe you should go check that out. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I'm sure it means nothing that 40 years ago somebody planted two different types of trees. It just happens to be this. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just happens to spell this out from orbit. But you know, let us have, let us yeah, how it turns you know, out. Look, look into it. Ooh. Make sure your reports are filed. I, I want to report on my desk on Monday. The yeah, yeah I mean, uh, playing playing in the playing in the sort of reactivated thing is part of the special access program. A special access program, all that means is um, is that it's it's a pro it's a project it's a program that's run within the Department of Defense, and it brings in people from all kinds of all kinds of other places under the same rubric of, of assignment. You've been sheep dipped, I yeah. believe, is the old and, Cold War term for right. You know, go, moving doing you're employed by one agency, but you're working temporarily for another. Yeah. Okay. So, and that's pretty much it, right? There's there's not that's why you know we have to kind of reiterate there's not. Like an office building, you know, that's the Delta Green headquarters. In fact, we we disposed of just about every asset Majestic had, uh, returning it to um, other agencies and having yeah. repurposed for other purposes. Um, How's that? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah. yeah. Well, the stuff, the stuff that didn't work anymore got sold on eBay. Is yeah. Outlook Group still called Outlook Group? Outlook, no. Outlook Group's called the Crater. <laughs> uh, let's just say that their personnel were not gently handled during the transition of management. Yeah. They resisted arrest. <laughs> a lot. That, Repeatedly. A lot. Yeah. So, a lot. Now, they found the acid drums in the first place? And <laughs> there, that would probably have been the first rounds of the acid yeah. drums. Would have been anyone from the Outlook. Civil War shot while trying to escape. Yeah. Fair amount of that. Yeah. Steve. Uh, is it the interaction with institutions that makes Delta Green the way it is, as opposed to any other kind of modern horror game? Or do you see something else as being sort of key flavor of what you want to see in the Delta Green Yeah, I, uh, to me, I think I think that's part of it. Uh, to me, I think that the the sort of the, the 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 tone is a mix of those things, you know, because the fact that you've got these sort of greater institutions interacting um, uh, gives you a sense of sort of broad forces at work that are greater than you and I, even if you don't actually think they are. It still kind of gives that sense of it. And um, at the same time, you have to you meaning that that's you as the player, that you as the GM, you have to make sure that that sense is very illusory, and that what those broad institutions at work really means is that your players have one more sort of source of, of tension grinding on them, you know. So that and the the per, and the, the value of that as a horror game is that. It provides more compulsions and more sen- more a more claustrophobic feel, right, to what you're doing, to what the players are doing, on top of just sort of Scooby Dooing around until they get to the until they get to the Shoggoth, right? Did I minimize our efforts enough there? Wow, that that really got that landed pretty well on both Greg and I. Scooby doing around. Okay, we're gonna have to we're we're working that back into the manuscript. (laughs) That's going into the manuscript. That gold, that gold shade is gold, baby. And all it took was some uh, some sleep deprivation. It was old. It was old man, Mister Shiny, the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Mister Peyton. I know you don't want to spoil too much about like what the, what the big story settings and like that, but can you maybe give us a like what there are a lot of organizations and cults and groups that have been mentioned in the various Telegram source books. Uh, which ones are going to be getting a lot of space in the new Delta Green book? Why? Well, so a lot that is I mean, a lot of those about. things is still in flux, okay. right? We 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 we've, we've been there's a lot that's moving back and forth. Most of most of the attention on development. Up till now, the really detailed attention has been on getting the rules to feel right and to yeah. do what we want them to do. And so we've been so the 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 setting and everything has been kind of percolating, but we haven't really hammered well, away hard at it I would until the, pretty recently because we wanted the rules to be right before we, you know, because if we di- if we didn't have the rules right, I w- I'm reluctant to tell you know to to like ask Ken for instance. Okay, go ahead and spend a couple of months developing that awesome Loiter cult idea you had that we were going to put in the Delta Green game, and then two months later, when Ken gives me an awesome manuscript, I'm okay. In about here's five years, we're gonna we're gonna use this. Good job. You yeah, know, I, here's the change so. to the rules. Yeah. yeah, or yeah, or even better. <laughs> well, okay, that's, now that's under that's a what I'm gonna be doing. Rule set and approach. So, which yes, hey. Mr. Stolze has kindly written about three books worth of scenarios for it's us. Just one book. Just one. All right. So, 
of scenarios, I, I exaggerate sometimes, of scenarios for us, mostly under, under the sort of rules that have been evolving as they've been going. So all of that needs to be sort of reworked to fit both the new, you know, lists of skills and also the fact that motivations have transformed a couple of times. And also just sort of in more generally, making sure that it's consistent with the way that we're sort of writing how we recommend skills to be done, you know, uh, in the in the core rules and in the Game Master section. Of the so far, everything I've turned into Shane has been internal to Delta Green. It's been things about how do we um, how what, 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 how do we define the program? How do we define uh, the Cowboys? How do we define who are the important NPCs? Certain mm -hmm. like that. Um, the timeline, which needs some more work mm -hmm. uh, to fill in some of the gaps uh, that have happened between '99 and say uh, uh, 2015. But um, I, you know, there are some ideas for opposition groups. Uh, you all, everybody who was here that one time heard about the Noden stuff, trying to bring mm -hmm. Nodens back. And uh, make him a problem, and certainly it's going to be even more of a problem as players blow their bonds and blow their mm -hmm. their uh, uh, their sanity, and then find a new war. Oh, and, and also engage with those uh, permanent injury rules yes. that we made sure we put in there. Yeah. So uh, Nodes is just lying, is is going to be a major factor in that he's just lying around waiting to adopt any yeah. damaged or broken Delta Green agents who don't want to be put out yeah. in the past. And, and after all, Nodes isn't so bad as <laughs> as as great old ones go. Clearly. Now, occasionally we're going to spill the blood of the innocent to close a gate, but, you know, it's for the greater good. And this is Delta Green, whoever objected to spilling the blood of the Who's innocent. Who among us is, you know. Is Delta Green at this point? So, uh, I'm spilling the blood of the innocent, you could. Uh, oh, that's, have you heard that? Where did, where did you hear that? Where did that? you hear that? You're not cleared for that. <laughs> You're going to stay after. <laughs> you need to put something in somewhere when... You know, characters find you know the ancient Noden's temple, and you know get to the sanctum sanctotum, and it's like here is the secret symbol of our Lord and Master, and you open up it's a big triangle. <laughs> That's kind of awesome, and that the point of the Noden's cult is to throw into relief what they're doing. That you're taking orders from an unknowable source that whose motives you're not sure about, who's going to ask you to do things on you know faith that you're doing the right thing uh, uh, in this situation and hope that it's, you know, its agenda really is in your best or everybody else's interest. There is that. How's that? It's not at all. It's not at all. The parallels are explicit. But you're not going to see it until they hold up the, you know, the, you know, you're not going to see it in the mirror, but you're going to spot it in the other guy and be able to, like, I can't oh, believe oh. that's how they operate. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, how could know, that? How could those fools just <laughs> let them take their freedoms away? Right. But uh, yeah. certainly, you know what I'm talking about, right, boss? I know. A lot of the things are my head back. Uh, the other things are being, you know, there's there's big policies that's being worked on, and a lot of them are, uh, as far as the oppositions, are things that are like fallout from winning, yeah. over and over again. I mean, most, the most interesting most thing the... is if you win, here's the things that have gone wrong because you yeah. won. Yeah, I mean, in the in the emails we went to this last year, but I mean, the emails we went back and forth, the the the, the sort of the, the key theme that we keep harping on that, that, that uh, John Tynes noticed is uh, is be careful what you wish for. So most of the old sort of opposition cults, the Karatekia, you know, and uh, the the the, the bugs in in, in Pisces, yeah, the Sean and and the, in, in in England and the Scopsy and the Twelve. You know, I mean, even majestic, in, you know, majestic twelve have all either imploded or kind of changed enough that they're not really a factor anymore, or 
you know, and some of those I'm very much in favor of turning that process into campaigns, like I suggested to Scott with the fate when Stephen Alziz just gets bored about 10 years ago and leaves and and the fate starts starts uh, starts taking advantage of that in a very self-destructive I'm going to be the godfather. Yeah, and you know, says everybody at the same time. Well, and then you've got the Delta Green agents, you know, the the relatively new ones just mowing down the fake guys. And like the, those those cowardly old Delta Green agents told us yeah. these guys were the shit who were untouchable, yeah. and we had to maintain this <laughs> yeah. truce. And we're just yeah. fucking them up all. Which which, which is clearly which, which, which of these dead tight. guys was Stephen Alziz again? Because not one of them is coming back to life. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, a lot. Most of the so a lot of the old the old threats are pretty much you know past tense or have changed. So the majestic twelve, uh, all the majestic twelve stuff is 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 either past tense or it's been taken over by Delta Green and the parts that didn't get that you know didn't get taken over by Delta Green sort of spun off and got privatized and bought by Halliburton, you know and. and because the free market is going to solve this problem. <laughs> yeah. you, you've had your hand up a long time. Are you done? Yeah, I, I, that, that's the main. That's the main thing. So, so we're we're certainly bringing in new, you know, new cults and new sort of big picture, big picture threats to deal with that are either things that have been percolating a long time or things that you know we feel like have even better things we feel like have kind of particular resonance for the modern. The modern set, especially some ideas about making things that you did as the cowboys mm -hmm. the problem. Yep. yep. There's a yep. number of things that that, that that suggest themselves as you can build a, a, an entire campaign about cleaning up the messes you left the first time. Did you guys kill the cult of transcendence? That's definitely a good thing, just but it's not. But it's not an un. But it's not a. It's not that every effect of that thing was good. It's, you know, okay, yeah, all the little sort of sub-cults that they were grinding under their boot heel and making pay homage now are breathing, you know, breathing the fresh air of freedom for the first time in decades and saying, wow, I can get back to doing the crazy evil shit that in... In, yeah. that, that got their attention in the first and, place and, and even, before they made me quit it to do different yeah, crazy And even people. if three-quarters of them sort of spin, burn themselves out because uh -huh. they're, after all, crazy people doing crazy things, the ones that don't, you know, become their own issue. Oh, shit. They've adapted to a new niche. Yeah. 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 What, what were you saying? Okay, I, like you, you tried and then I interrupted you and then you tried and I interrupted okay. you again. I hope the question isn't too... Hold on, can I say... No, go ahead. My exposure to Delta Green has almost entirely been through the fiction. Yeah. I have not had very much opportunity for one game to play games. But one thing I've noticed, the difference between, say, Call of Cthulhu and Delta Green, is that in the former case, my players seem to expect that they will experience something very creepy and probably die, and it will be amusing. But when I went to Delta Green, the players seem to expect more of a... They expect to be able to fix things or have some sort of sense of agency. Like, it's the same mythos, but now I've got guns, so it's going to be easier. Right? Yeah, that really? <laughs> so so hold on. The, real, the real question so, is how long does that last? Well, I only run the one game and they glue themselves on. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I, think I would say, doing, lesson we're doing everything right. right. <laughs> I think better off. That. that would sound the, like the, the first step towards operant condition. <laughs> <laughs> Demolitions. 
A demolition skill of 25 is much likelier to destroy your party than a demolition skill of O zero of yeah, O one zero, yeah. of, of nothing. Yeah. yeah. It so, could. Did, was, was there more continue though? Here? Yeah. What, what else well, were you thinking? I was just wondering if, if you guys could, could talk a little bit about um, setting expectations. Yeah, expectations for player agency and being able to affect the outcome of the horrible. Well, that's one of the things that was in the program and the Cowboys is that you know uh, the, the player expectation we're going to fix this. Um, I, I really, you know, this idea, oh, we've got stealth choppers, or we've got night vision, and we've got satellite phones, and it's all encrypted. I, I kind of like the idea that, that if, if players figure, feel that they're playing in the sort of official reactivated Delta Green that has some semblance of authority, that that'll instill in them optimism that I'm going to have a lot of fun burning out of them. Yeah, yeah. Get, Keep that hope alive as long as you can, because yeah. it's you know how it's so much more painful when before the burn has actually killed the nerve endings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, certainly that. You know, I, I do. Really, you know, as far as setting the expectations, yes, I agree with you that you know that, that there's going to be a class of player, and you're going to run into them again and again. You think that. Uh, I know I have firepower that will fix the problem, and mm -hmm. you just you, you go ahead and let them have the firepower. Oh yeah, and die. And I, I love those conversations. Well, like in, in my in my in my in my games, where you know the players are like, you know, I want to, and, and a lot of people have had this experience running Delta Green games in particular. You know, if the players are like, all right, uh, can I have a submachine gun? Sure. Can I have a? Uh, we we yeah. need a sniper rifle. Okay. Yeah, uh, geez, can I get a, can I get a, can I get some hand grenades? Sure. Can yeah. I get a predator drone? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> what else can I what else can I give you to was blow it, things Ross, up? Was yeah. it your player characters who tested cold dead hand and when they were told that they were Spetsnaz with armored vehicles and there was an entire company of them uh -huh. and, you know and they all had flamethrowers and rocket launchers? They're like, oh fuck! Ross is letting us have all this stuff. It's uh -huh. useless, you know. <laughs> Well, that was, you know, Friday night's game that, that uh, Shane here ran. Uh, you know, I asked for, you know, well, can I get these, these weapons? He's like, you can get all the guns you want. And I'm just, it, it uh, just my heart sank. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is, this it's is one of those be, games. This is going to be one of those nights. Yeah. Mike, what, yeah, what you want to do is, like, I need a mathematician. Well, like, can we get a mathematician? <laughs> Not one of those mathematicians, but I, an actual mathematician. <laughs> I need somebody so, who can do the Mandelbrot the, set. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the and and the, the rules set for the Delta Green game kind of reinforce. I mean, the, what we're talking about is all a little bit sort of inside gaming, right? Because as game masters, we've kind of learned when to recognize that players wanting extra resources is an opportunity for you to give them more horrors along with it. So, oh, there the, goes the stealth chopper on fire. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So <laughs> the rules, the rules also work. The rules yes, also kind of reinforce that, around. reinforce this a the little bit directly show. because there are are very clear penalties for say blowing people up by accident. You know, yeah. Um, there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that that's that's something that will affect your player characters, right? It's, and yeah, even yeah. if it doesn't occur to the player to think, well, geez, my character ought to feel terrible about that happening, you can tell the player. So you lost, make your sanity test. Oh, you succeeded. Okay, you lose a point of sanity, you know, because something in you is sort of feeling like it's kind of, been, you know, you can sort I of remind can, them. I can't that help but feel partially responsible for the <laughs> death of that uh, nurse. Yeah. I, I can remember a time as my, my Delta Green character, because we were trying to build a bomb, 
to blow up some Migo, mm-hmm. and the demolitionist expert double audited the role. Mm-hmm. And because uh, it was Dennis Detwaller, there wasn't a second role. And we just double out and explodes. And he's blown up, and we're like, so our on leave, you know, um, Navy uh, underwater demolitionist team guy has just blown up in a, you know, uh, a no-tell motel in Vermont. Um, the first thought was we got to flee the scene, but I'm like, no, we can't. We have to pick up all the pieces and put it in a garbage bag <laughs> and throw it in the trunk of our car because if we leave anything behind that they can identify. Oh, yeah, so it was night on Alizad's Mountain, and so there's that moment of like, you know, grabbing Bob's bits and quickly uh-huh. putting them into the, uh-huh. you know, putting them in the bag and running out of the motel motel. Yeah, uh, it's not going to fail every time to have the, the assets and ask the, to get the thing you want. But you, well, you one of the things I try, I, I threw in there, I don't know if it's made it into the, the current draft, is that, okay. There are different kinds of threats and different kinds of responses, and it's there's a little bit of a Rochambeau thing. If you are going in against a cult, then yeah, your bombs and guns and predator drones are going to work great. If you're going in against a eruption into our reality of some godlike psychic titan, they're not going to do any good. If you are, you know, studying mis- weird mystical stuff and going in against a cult, it's not going to help you. If you're studying weird mystical stuff, that might be just what you need against the psychic titan. But you're, it's going to be very hard to tell which kind of problem you're dealing with, and you won't know at the outset. So you so kick you, the barn door in and you get an answer. Yeah. yeah. You know, it requires investigation to find out if you're bringing a knife to a Cthulhu fight. Is this the Dunwich Torah or is this Shadow Over Incident? Yeah, that I mean, that material is gonna is 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 squarely like Game Master book material, you know, because a lot of the stuff we we're what Greg's talking about is was he did a lot of really interesting development early on, with the idea of sort of having part of the game be the sort of big picture playing your Delta Green group, you know, a, a little bit like Rain does with, with, with what our other game Rain does with, with factions opposing each other and so resolving that. And we, 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 we sort of eventually decided we need to sort of load that into the Game Masters section in order to keep the focus on the individual people in the in Yes, the Players the Agents book is the inside right. so, so, for, so that's a tool for the, uh, for the GM. Thanks, Steve. See ya. That's a t- that's going to be like a tool for the GM to develop campaign frameworks, right? Rather than something that's in the players' hands, because we want to keep the players focused on their individual characters and the prices yeah. they're paid, right? More questions. That man in the hat. Did I hear did you guys say something about there being like rules for like personal pers- permanent injuries? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if your yes. char- if your character drops to one or two hit points, you pass out. And when you come around, if you survive, you make a Contom Spive roll, and if it fails, uh, one of your stats drops by the lowest die of that failed roll. Yeah. So, because getting shot's no good for you. Um, <laughs> you know, where did that drop stat to zero? That's a shit. I don't know. I think, do we, ha- we, I don't remember, we might have a minimum of one. In there or something. That's a shame. Well, it's a shame. Shame. what That's happened a, to Bob. You get shot enough, uh, yeah. and... 
even if they do a great yeah. job putting you back together again, maybe you crap out. Yes, finally. People, 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 we have lots of wheelchairs available. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got a little question on that. If you, um, does the damage from a failed first aid roll count as part of the first wound or part of the second? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's generally only a fumbled roll. It, yes, it does first aid damage. damage. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess we, we probably didn't say that. I would. I probably. I probably. I don't. Yeah. So, oh, so that's why you're asking. So yeah. I we probably ought to say that. I I probably count it as just adding to the wound that was already there, right? Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Hold on. I'll, I'll write that. I'll write that down. He's so it's still it a down, good. So it's Chris. still a good question Look tomorrow. Look what you did. You made you made Shane Ivy make a I note. Was <laughs> yeah. As the, G, as the GM, I'm going to play that by ear. Yeah. And does it does it help? Does it push the plot forward to have the old man die, or does it push the plot forward to have the old man struggle on? You got a count of three already. So. More questions? Anything else? Any, any? Yes, you there, sir, in the in the badge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess a really specific question. Um, I recently found out the number of players in my Delta Green group where I've seen the thing. So now I need a reason why. What? So lucky! What? You yeah. lucky bastard! I was shocked. I was like, what? how many of them are there? What age are they? Were they four? <laughs> 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 you know, I, I castigated them for wasting their lives, and uh-huh. I said, but don't watch it. Uh huh. <laughs> there you go. So, so why why do four federal agents end up in Antarctica? They've oh, been, why they've been why ass- don't federal agents end up in Antarctica? <laughs> they've been assigned to uh, guard the uh, the scientific research down there, which I believe was on was was determining the effect of alcohol on firearms. Uh, yes, I think like that was the research we were doing. <laughs> yes. I mean, we're on uh, th- those facilities are on uh, like who owns the soil? You know, doesn't like all, doesn't an international landowner or something like that own a lot of that stuff? Uh, if you're talking about uh, Antarctica, it's yeah. all there's an international treaty that says it's, you know, nobody, you know, uh, there are claims, but nobody's, you know, there are claims of these little, little weird pie pieces yeah, cut out yeah. of Antarctica, but so, it, it's all, uh, nobody's actually uh, throwing down the lawn darts with yeah. the flags on them like, like New Schwabenland when the yeah. Nazis tried so, to do so, so the, well, so I mean, the answer, there's, 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 two, yeah. there's, two, there's sort of two issues here, right? If you're looking for their play, the player characters are all playing actual FBI agents, and you want an actual legal justification for FBI agents to be um, in Greenland flashing FBI did you say badges. Greenland? Did you say yeah. No, he and, said Antarctica. 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 Stupid. Yeah. For flashing FBI badges in Antarctica, that's a different question for from how do you get the player characters down there and, oh. and have them investigating. So, like in a, it, as in the Delta Green game, well, he, someone would send them to America, and they need reasons for being there, because I know people who've been well, the scientists. Well, here you go. I, 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 I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you what I'd swing at it uh, is, you know, in the thing, the first base, you have a bunch of people die and the dog escapes. Mm-hmm. So, okay, uh, somebody, you know, he's like, dude, a bunch of American scientists just got killed. We need someone to investigate it. And it's, we don't have... You know, who catches that case? It's international the, the territory. FBI so went down to Saudi Arabia during the Kobar bo- Towers bombing. 
even though that was Saudi Arabian territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were all over Yemen experts. with the coal. Mm-hmm. They were yeah. So I mean, so, they're, they're you know, sent yeah, overseas when so when they get sent in when the first the uh, yeah they get sent in for the first base, which was like Norwegian mm-hmm. air or something in the movie, but now it's American. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can send our our, our boys in, uh, and they are and based out of the closest base, which you know maybe international, but yeah. there you go, and just flip the it around. Problems. So they go down to investigate the first base, which is an American base that gets ganked, and then they have to follow the clues to the Norwegian base, which is where the the monster is actually taken root. And I, I and instead of and instead of, of and instead of McCready being there to be awesome and eventually, you know eventually become an icon of, of Delta Green agents everywhere, your player characters have to take yes. that role. Yes. It's just a bunch of Bjork fans in there. <laughs> That's Iceland. You're just... You're, yeah. Greenland, Iceland. Can you, can you just... Wow. You guys are all over the map as far as your Scandinavian countries okay, go. Well, name, name me a famous pop singer from Greenland. Or Antarctica. Oh, we're in charge. <laughs> what was that whole Tequila Lee song that was very popular down in um, Tequila Lee? Chris. Tequila I, I have to point out that uh, there was a point when the, the thing came out in '81. My players, I you know, I was, I, I it's '81, right? I was yeah. too young to get in. Maybe '82. Yeah, I was too young to get into the theater, uh, at, you know, without parental permission, so I couldn't see it right away. So I'd pick up like the the book, the novelization, you know, and I'm watching it. And my friends inevitably by Alan Dean Foster. One yes, exactly. I'm reading it, and my friends and my gang group see that I'm reading it, and so I get done reading it. I'm like, okay, we're gonna. I've got a new game. We're gonna have a new scenario. We're gonna play, and they're all like, oh shit, he's read the thing. (laughs) And then I knew that they were gonna know that I read the thing, so it wasn't the thing, but it was in some place Arctic. So they went, oh my god, it's the thing. And then the players are setting each other on fire and testing each other. And they're convinced that, you know, I pass notes to people and they, you know, they read it and says, pass the note back, don't say anything, you know, like, he passed the note to Frank, Frank's the thing, you know. They, <laughs> Just deception is a right. Yeah, and <laughs> so it's basically they, they went in expecting the thing and got the monsters are due on Maple Street. Yes, they did. It was, yeah, thank you. That is exactly what it was. Claude Aiken shot people with shotguns. It was all, <laughs> went all downhill from there. Wilf, poor Wilfred Brimley. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I'm whatever I the light is... on for, ah! <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I do have a question, though. Um, I, for unrelated, scenario-related reasons, I have been doing a lot of research for the Antarctica. Mm. So, uh, one of the things that happens is everybody kind of moves around a lot and they have different research to do, especially during the summer. So, what you can actually have is you can have, there's, like, in the terrible remake slash sequel, um, you can have, like, two Americans at a Norwegian base. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Uh, we have to send FBI agents in here because um, we have people who like it actually costs a lot of money to send people down there. There's yeah. a lot of like actual cash, government cash, yeah. uh, American government cash in these people down there. So you're like, we have to figure out what the hell is going on because uh, like like it becomes even more of an issue if it's one American in a foreign base, especially if it's like a, a Russian or mm-hmm. you know, Swedish base. Most these bases are actually the American bases are usually on Australian or New Zealand soil. Too. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, and and most you know, a lot of a lot of Delta Green, uh, especially the official program, is is mostly under the technically under the rubric of counterterrorism operations because that's where all the good sweet money is. Um, so you know, you're not going to go wrong in 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 having 
having somebody in the United States say, you know, somebody reported a terrorist plot and they chased them down to whatever. So Hezbollah is operating. How, how the, badly do you want the Hezbollah's operating out of the Daesh. out of the Ross desert. ice shelf? And yes. we need to get down there. Yeah, most of Antarctica is technically desert. You get desert. Yeah, that's where you get. Yeah, that's where you get ISIS. <laughs> that's right. They're dug in in the Ross ice shelf in Queen Maud land. <laughs> They're very ISIS. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Get, <laughs> Pass some sake and get me another drone strike. My <laughs> <laughs> actual question is, you uh-huh. talked about Phenomenex last time uh-huh. um, for selfish running around campaign reasons. I want to know whether you guys have specific plans. For oh, that. sure. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're about to, we're going to launch, uh, we're going to launch pretty soon um, uh, a thing called uh, the Phenomenex Penumbra, which in the backstory there basically has to do with Phenomenex kind of eventually shriveled up as a TV program and um, and was bought out from under, uh, what was it, ha- uh, Halley, that owned, the Halley company that owned it, whatever it's called, and um, bought out by some other new media company, which, tra- which basically translates into way less money for them to do what they want to do and, you know, do it in sexy digital ways, which means with far fewer viewers and on the internet instead. And... Um, and uh, then Frank Carancola eventually strokes out, or whatever happens to him, and based, and pretty much all that's left of it is is uh, Tommy Pendergrass, who was the intern back in the '90s and was the one that actually gave a shit, you know. So he's left in charge of it, but all he, but, but it's kind of descent, descent deteriorated into just into his podcast. Well, it's deteriorated into a brand, right? Yeah. So the the P, the Phenomenex Penumbra is like this label, this branding label that they encourage people to sign up and use and post, you know, uh, uh, cryptid videos or photos of whatever. Or a skunky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And put the little PX number thing on there and you put it up as as a PX number brand and we'll echo it and help you help you get it in front of the most people. And so it, the idea is that it's it all goes, about the clicks. It, yeah. And so it goes up on on. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so that that that's that's the shape. So, I'm, what what we're what we're doing is working right now on actually setting one of those up. You know, so I've got I've got uh, uh, our our friend Todd, who's a great digital artist, is is already done. I don't know about a dozen little sample images that look like you know vaguely like a a, a shantak flying out from behind one of those palaces in Abu Dhabi. You know, things like that. So I want to see those. Are you accepting submissions for that? Cause oh yeah, no. The the goal, yeah, absolutely. The goal is 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 the goal is what I'm I'm getting I'm getting Todd to do the sort of the first this first batch so we can sort Hopefully of start inspiring start the rest seeding of you it, and then we want to encourage we absolutely want to encourage want to people to be encouraged to be posting their own shit on their own filmmaker Ross (laughs) and uh, you know stories on you know Ross Ross suggested you know like creepy pasta (laughs) stories and things like that of weird things people have encountered and we can kind of from our perspective sort of tweak it and tailor it to hint at Delta Green things where Tommy Pendergrass who certainly knows more than he's uh, courageous enough to let on is still interested in sort of getting getting the truth out there but he doesn't doesn't want to be blamed for it I'm messing with you I've been using it sort of like um as a 
Like, I'm sort of assuming that, like, it got bought by Dr. Media, and now it's a blog roll site? Pretty much, yeah. That, that's pretty consistent, too. Like, I, I imagine, I imagine Tommy probably has, you know, has a blog on the main Phenomenex yes. website still, you know, and then, but mostly what that's for is sort of a clearinghouse to link out to whatever, wherever the, the brand appears on Instagram or YouTube or whatever else, you know, so... Um, so we're we're gonna we're gonna hope that, that that we get some fans willing to post their material on Instagram and YouTube and call it you know PX Penumbra. Correlate those contents, kids. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. that truth will set you free. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of that's kind of what's up with them. Sounds great, Clay. Everyone should watch it. <laughs> right. You won't believe what happened next. <laughs> yeah. which, which in turn means that despite all his best efforts, Tommy Pendergrass still winds up being the canary in the coal mine. For, for <laughs> because, you know, if one of these things goes up and it actually looks like it might be legit, you know, and not just, you know, be pixel jockeys trolling other pixel jockeys, then we ought to check on that. Man, I would love it. it if it was if it was my character who was, you know, in charge of watching Pendergrass, it like, okay, he got another one that's right. I'm going to send him a fruit basket. The <laughs> <laughs> cast just gets it. Who sent me this giant? Your, your friend. You know? <laughs> Who sent me this selection of cookies? <laughs> Do you eat that? Do you think yeah. you eat the one cookie? Of, uh, <laughs> I was running one of your guys' right. pre-generating right. campaigns. Phenomics uh, is in that town with the pregnant woman. Who's yeah. 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 So my, my convergence were at all yeah, began. Yes. Yeah. My players thought Phenomics was the bad guys and ended up murdering all of them. <laughs> and like and just like gunned them down to like, oh man, they didn't have any weapons to like die, you cultist! <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, they didn't have any weapons. Like Whew, that was easier than Whew. I thought it was. They must they have been really powerful. Who's like, where's the other guys? They're like What other guys? <laughs> Those nice reporters that were gonna help me. Uh-huh. With my squirming alien ass, baby. Slowly <laughs> back out. Nice. Yeah. Uh, they, did, they didn't have any weapons. They must have been relying on their hypergeometric powers. Well, I can think of at least one incident where, you know, kicking the door and there's a guy sitting there with an open book in front of him and all my player characters went, he's got a book! Just, <laughs> you know, push, 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 just open it with shotguns and just, you know, pull him backwards out of the chair. <laughs> it sucks, you know, it their, sucks to be a librarian or, 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 or an avid reader. In their defense, they'd, they'd, they'd kick the door of the cult. They were raiding a cult compound, a cult home. They were kicking doors and throwing grenades in. Just every room got a grenade, you know. And they, they just kicked the door, threw the grenade in, boom, go in with their shotguns out, you know. And the grenade has caused a huge explosion, and the, the concussion has blown all the dust in the air. And it's a library. It's the cult's like family, and the 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 you know the uh, bookshelves have fallen over, and there's like pieces of paper fluttering through the air like this. And there's just one guy sitting in a chair with the book, not looking at it, with like all his hair blown up like this from the concussion. And he's just turning pages. And they just went, he's got a book, and blasted him and like shot up the rest of the cult. And they're like, you know, we ought to go back and check and see, you know, which version of Anashpeklik and Kurten he was about to summon, you know, the, the, the Shantank through, you know. And they get back and scoop the brains off. And it's, uh, it's, um, Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. Um, it's like the cops who shoot the kid with the toy gun, you know. And they're like, "Well, don't worry. Do we have a drop tome? Do we have a drop tome?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, wait, I'll go back in my ca- car. I think I got a copy of 
Revelations are clocky. Sarah's expecting to be. I was expecting it to be like uh, you know Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, and you're like, Ben, you killed him on like the last chapter, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, um, and everyone's like, no, no, it's still a good shoot, dude. He had a book, all right. Don't, don't do that, all right? He had a freaking book. He was reading it. He was reading it right in front of you. Like, oh, yeah. what, what is the first rule of busting calls with Delta Green? Readers are leaders. <laughs> Sort of like that old GSG-9 thing about shoot the female terrorists first. <laughs> you never heard that? I never heard that. We're uh, back to the misogyny panel. Yes, we're back to the misogyny <laughs> panel. Yes, the old thing in the 70s was if there's somebody hanging out with the PLO and they're on a mission, they've hijacked a plane and it's a woman, she's had to bust her ass ten times harder to get in there with the PLO to be part of this terrorist organization and sling a gun than any of the guys. So clearly she's more dangerous. Shoot her first. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so scenario design? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about shooting questions. questions. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. So, how, how much, how, how comfortable, most of the adventures that I've read that you guys have done, everything kind of gets tied up at the end. How comfortable, well, I mean, to, to some extent, you kind of have an explanation of most of it. How, how, how comfortable should we be with just leaving stuff hanging out? Very. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Very Especially serious. if it doesn't happen too often. I, it still haunts me. Uh, a, a Delta Green game someone ran where we never did figure out what the hell was going on. And after he's closing his book up, I'm like, so what the hell was that? And he's like, you didn't get the football over the goal post, uh, you know, over the, the line. You, you don't get the touchdown. <laughs> and he walked away. Was that Dennis who did that? Was that no, it was, it was. Oh, you he, he think they'd be alive at the end if Dennis was? <laughs> no, that's true. Like, did you write any of Dennis Delo or something? Like dying wars and our effect. That's all that is. Is like you die. You, totally yeah. understand what's you can going learn on. what's going on, but it, you, you usually get that revelation just before you hit the windshield. You know, as the bug on the freeway. But you know, you know, I know. Oh, I see what it is. It's a car. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming right at me. <laughs> this is the car that they wrote about in the in the prophecies. Uh, it's come for me. It got my dad, and now it's come for me. Okay, leaving things, uh, leaving things unexplained, not knowing. What happened uh, is something that really should happen a lot more than we do. It, see, the thing is, in a published scenario, I think players would feel incredibly gypped if we set something up where maybe the point of it was. Or we didn't even tell the game master what the fuck yeah, was going on. Yeah, yeah that, that's difficult to read. Actually, yeah. I just uh, ran that twice yeah. this uh, oh, yeah. this kind of... Well, you're, you're talking about... Star Chamber, Star right? Chamber well, yeah. but that's a deliberate thing. Star yes. Chamber is a scenario Greg wrote where it's deliberately about the each player character has a different sort of set of perceptions of what actually went down, right? Or so different you play, opinions of whose fault it is. Okay, so you, so yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't played through it, but if, but you know, so as you play through it, you kind of it's up to the players to kind of discern. Yeah, and and at the end, the uh, the flashbacks end with. Yep. And now there's a bunch of chochos with uh, uh, torches coming at the the Temple Hill where you guys are, and then you cut back to the present where everyone's complaining and uh, you know blaming each other, and somebody's got to take the fall for it. And you say, okay, so each of you three survivors who is cogent, describe 
what happened next. We know that the official story is that Ramon here, who can't talk anymore, <laughs> went into the hill, and then the Burmese military bombed it. You know, what do you, what do you say happened? Okay, what do you say happened? Okay, what do you say happened? And then R- Ramon, what do you type happened? Ramon, <laughs> he, he can't type either. Oh, okay. okay. There you go. <laughs> just based on that. Right. Why and, am I still and then, let it in, let it in, let it in. Let it in. <laughs> then the players have to figure out, you know, okay, out of all this contradictory stuff that we've seen played out in front of us, we have to decide someone to blame or say no one's to blame and deal with the, all the blowback from that. And, and it's like, okay, here's the blowbacks you get depending on who you tell ASA. Clearly... Clearly, the testimony given by everyone else proves that it's Ramon's fault and that he's the weak link. Now, the, the player comes up with the least outrageous story of the weak link. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brett Kramer wrote uh, a scenario that was one of the shotgun scenarios a decade ago, maybe, that was uh, a scenario that was sort of designed exactly like what you're talking about. You're looking for a mathematician who's, you know, again, if it had been a book of math, we would have, you know, that would have been worse. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, Children's it, Garden of Geometry. <laughs> we were just in time. <laughs> but it's the thing where you're looking for the mathematician who has uh, managed to divide by zero. And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you don't actually ever get to find the mathematician. You find what they were working on, a bunch of math you can't understand, uh, a bunch of math you don't want to understand. Uh, you, you can track out, you know, and find out where they went out to try the thing. And it's, it wasn't just a crater. I think if I remember it right, it was this spherical effect in the desert where imagine a big, you know, glass sphere that that cuts down into the sand under the spot that, you know, he did the thing and it goes underneath, right? And as it comes down, it slices uh, Joshua trees in half, you know, and it goes right through the cactus or whatever, or cuts right through a rock. And then the whole thing is turned like 45 degrees. So even though it's cutting half, it's like the two pieces are over here. The whole thing's been rotated. And then, awesome. and then they're gone. And that's all you find is this area in the desert where the rocks were sliced in half. And then like this sphere of has been, you know, rotated. That's it. That's all you get, you know, from the scenario. It's just like well, the payoff is. Holy shit! Yeah, you know, the, the world just burned everything. Place. You're back there erasing the chalkboards, and no, 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 no. We're not, this this can't exist. We, we couldn't find the mathematician, so we did the next best thing of shattering, his, of erasing his chalkboard and shattering it. Yeah, yeah so burning the papers. I'm making that into my new kitchen spl- backsplash, <laughs> <laughs> just to keep an eye on it. So um, I I really like games where you know they get uh, they get a a near miss by the supernatural maybe where they're not in time to intervene to make you know the per- the people disappear or the horrible things happen and there's there's just this you get the spore you know what I mean. You get the tracks of the supernatural, and you don't get—you don't actually get a chance to confront it and uh, turn it around or turn it back. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I it may actually imply to players that you know we can miss and it's still okay, right? You know, failure's right. not so bad, right? Or maybe the mathematician who can rotate reality forty degrees is off running around somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Go ahead, yes, uh, Tim. So my question is. My players now, like when we play Death Stranding, refuse to trust each other, themselves, 
anything I say, any character, mm-hmm. is there a way that you could rebuild that trust? Because like they'll even not they like they don't trust Acel, like anything comes down for Acel. Yeah, I mean, they all they all like just put one round in the chamber. See, see like, to me, the key to that is to make sure all those characters die and the players have to restart with yeah. new characters or, and, and, and make know, them role play them well. Or yeah. rebuild trust is that you know okay yeah. yeah he, he told you something and it panned out. Yeah, you know, yeah. As much, yeah, as much as we sort of have been harping on, you know, make sure that that you know everybody's always screwing the players all the time, right? That only had that loses its potency no, yeah. if you take it too literally, right? So, yeah. So, well, and and yeah, you know, no one wants to. You, you don't want them to get into the mindset of why should we even pull on the doorknob? It's just going to fall off in our hands. Mm-hmm. If everything, there's no suspense. This was it. This was something I uh, told someone at a writing group once. Is that you know the two ways to have no suspense in a story is you know everything goes well and there's no stakes and no no threat and that's really boring. And the you know the mirror image of that is everything goes po- goes poorly and you know everyone you, all people are evil and vile and there's no one you can root for and you know that this is going to auger into the ground in a total disaster and you need to find somewhere in the middle and it's like okay you know what maybe I didn't completely stop the cult but you know I got these two witnesses out of the way and they didn't have to see anything and you know they're going to be okay because of what I did and that's you know and that's that's the other don't, center don't be of afraid Delta to Green. let them have a win once in a while. Yeah. Just just remember the you know the, uh, the, the, the the moral arc of the Delta Green universe is long, but it you know bends towards as a madness. <laughs> right. So I ran a uh, scenario for my players where did you design it yourself or does it be published? Okay. okay. Um, which was basically there's this little podunk town in Kansas, and there, the, uh, people are disappearing, and it has all the telltale signs of an uh, of alien abduction, and, and it's the graves doing it, and they get there, and there's this big this sort of uh, conspiracy between saucer watches there, and also Majestic 12 is there, and both of them have a really important ad team that has a really important like facts that they know that that will help the Delta Green Earth agents get to the graves and just burn everything. Um, but the, is a the trouble I ran into was that there was so much time and effort put from put by them into the conspiracy between Saucer Watch and Majestic Twelve to Grant, who they didn't even know who Majestic Twelve was at the time. Good. So, so uh, they didn't know who was the good guys or who was the bad guys. Good. Or, or bad in, in, in any way. Nothing bad has happened so far. It's all good. But the, the one problem I had was at the very end when they got everything together and they were like, "Okay, let's go deal with the Grays." And then they go, and then they find the Grays, and they just kill them all. And they got some lucky rules, and and and, and it's and, and they don't. They don't get away with everything. The Gray's ship just uproots from the house that it was under and flies off, um, and, and they escape. But there was just there. I, I I caught myself having not put any effort into making the Gray's seem like a dangerous supernatural threat. Check out 
uh, Dennis Detwaller's, um, and I actually wrote a, I wrote some addendums to it, but PX Poker Night. Um, sorry? PX Poker Night. PX yeah, Poker it's a it's a free the PDF yeah, download. I think you can still get it off of Drive Through RPG. I think yeah. so. It's a short. It's a it's a it's a PDF adventure. That's uh, yeah. If you go to, I mean, there's links to it from DeltaGreen.com. If you go to this place where we have collected all the scenarios and adventures and things. Uh, uh, the things he did in that made the grays creepy um, and weird. Uh, you're talking about making them a threat. You mean like a physical threat, or like a psychological threat, or what kind of threat? It, it was just sort of like there was no, there was almost no indication that there was like brains. It, it was just there was a yeah. massive conspiracy around something. That yeah, was I mean, if you do, if you're doing something with with, with aliens, the, the 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 to me the most important thing is not necessarily to make them physically dangerous, but to make them weird and to make your players feel like they're yeah inscrutable. To make your players feel like they're they're finding traces of things that have been done with intelligence and with purpose, but that make no damn sense at all, and um, and that have effects that they can't really understand. Well, there was the Sandy Peterson uh, example in, in one of the editions of Call of Cthulhu, where he's like, you know, you don't have to do a total party kill. It can be, you know, oh, and then when our characters were completely at the mercy of the, uh, you know, the thing we can't you know, don't even know the name of. We just all passed out, and when we woke up, it was gone, and we were okay, except that each of us had lost one little toe. The left little toe on each one of our feet was gone, just you know, sliced off, and we still don't know where our toes are. <laughs> I was I was hoping that was going to go towards, and then we all woke up, and we had a tattoo. You know, something yeah. like there's a math there's, there's a math equation on our back, and like you know, yeah. <laughs> well, but when it, it I woke up, I had this only, this nifty barcode yeah. on me. Yeah. It's only solvable if we're yeah. all together. I guess my problem is just right they opened the door. There was aliens. Yeah. At the end. After, yeah. After so the aliens should have been doing something. I mean, convergence can end with with uh, yeah. with oh, the pl- the... with the player characters killing the shit out of a bunch of al- gray aliens, right? But after that, <laughs> after that, it it, 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 it the, the, re- the repercussion of that—that's what you're angling for—is what's the repercussion? The repercussion in convergence was what the aliens were doing as a front for you know the 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 fungi was. Um, <laughs> You know, was was whatever they you know all this biological experimentation. So killing all the aliens there basically meant that the fungi got bored, and that was an experiment that was no longer functioning. So they shut it off, and that meant that you know what, two hundred people died, yeah. probably including your player characters. Uh, one way to, to to sort of make that extra more creepy, or give give, give something that you know that, that sort of uh, in some ways defies the expectation that we're going to kick the door in and shoot a bunch of stuff. Is to play up the fact that the greys are, you know, empty suits. Mm-hmm. You know, they are. They're, they're they're not real. They're just biological Waldos. And if they show up and they're just all blah, 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 and just to have them stand there and take it and not run and just like eh, just dip over like mannequins that just aren't even in the game at all. Don't even or they just keep doing whatever functions they're doing while they're being killed and they're just you know when the players get to them they're like you know again just wet styrofoam on the inside. Um, I think they would be a little uh, a little tripped out by what what exactly did we just kill? I mean, it, did you kill it, anything? Or just yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, something like that, where it, it 
it violates their expectations. There's no alien green goo, no acid blood. No. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's a design. That's a design challenge. You know, when you're dealing you're dealing with a game where player characters are likely to have guns, and therefore they're going to use guns. So, you know, let them use the guns, and your job as the game master is to make sure that using the guns is just one more source of, of, of being creeped out in a break. Yeah, finding out yeah. That they, Even if it works. Finding out that the yeah. greys are a bunch of empty suits uh, after you've gunned them down is the kind of thing where I don't think we get any sand points back for killing this monster because right. it's fucking nothing. It's fucking empty rubber yeah, suits. it's like shooting shoes. Or, yeah. you know, imagine, <laughs> imagine, you know, one of the other, uh, you know, threats that responds well to gunfire is like deep ones. So imagine, you know, okay, we've, we've gone in and we've killed a bunch of deep ones and yay us, we get our sand points and we've saved the villagers from uh, these sea monsters, and then you find that, you know, what, wait, one of the deep ones has a piece of jewelry, and it's, you know, it's a, from a band you like. He's, he's, th- this dead <laughs> deep one has a Pink Floyd bracelet. <laughs> what the, and, and, you know, maybe just leave it there. Uh, yeah. or, you know, or maybe they dig into it, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know who really liked Pink Floyd? You know who really loved Floyd? It was that guy who, who disappeared <laughs> about eight years ago. You mean Agent Ted we lost track yeah. of on that one mission? No, no, he didn't disappear. He fell off a boat and drowned. Right. <laughs> he totally drowned. He drowned fighting deep ones, if I, yeah. remember. <laughs> if I remember correctly. Yeah. By the way, they figured it out. They're, they got it right. They, they didn't kill Sasha Punch, which I don't know if I, I, I was happy about. <laughs> But yeah, it's a small uh, victory. Yeah, didn't fi- kill the good finding kid. the wedding ring that's stuck on the giant, you know, flipper of the uh-huh. deep one. You know, it's like <laughs> to it's, my beloved Harold right. or Janice, yeah. and it's like embedded in. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all kinds of ways. Kind of how can... mine is because I was skinny when I got married. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we all except him? Jesus, what? <laughs> the monkey glands really work. You guys should try. <laughs> Any other questions before we... Uh, are we shutting down? Are we closed? What are we doing? I don't know. What, what do we have? Down. Questions? Ideas? Thoughts? Things you wanted to... It's 8 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. All right. Two hours. Yeah. That's Gang, probably thank more you very much for coming. It's been really fun. Thank you. Thank you. I still want to hear more about your players.